Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning, the final from Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City. It's the Kansas City Royals 3, the Cleveland Guardians 1. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. You're probably thinking to yourself, Davey, this sounds a little strange for opening day. We thought you'd come in big and, you know, you'd be in your home studio. Well, I'm not, because on April 6th, uh, Jose Ramirez signing long-term with the Cleveland Guardians was not the biggest news in my life. I became a dad that morning. I had a baby boy uh, born that morning. So my life is completely flipped upside down. Perfect timing to the start of the season. He's going to get to enjoy a full season of Guardians baseball with me. And it's going to probably make recording this podcast a little bit difficult. So that's why this first episode is going to be a short one. going to be to the point. Uh, I snuck away for a few minutes to talk baseball with you because I made a whole podcast around talking after every game. And we had a game. We had an actual game. We had opening day. So I'm a dad. It's insanity. It is craziness. And now I get to share my love of baseball with him. So let's get into the game and let's talk about opening day. Plus, huge news. Huge news that I haven't had a chance to talk to you about, right? Jose Ramirez signing the long-term contract. And Bradley Zimmer has been traded. It's a good thing I didn't record this right after the game because Bradley Zimmer has been traded to Toronto. So, so much to talk about in a very short amount of time. Let's get into the game itself because it was opening day. We got an actual game on the field to talk about. I know you want to hear my thoughts on Jose Ramirez, and it is coming. The game on the field, though, we had Shane Bieber going up against Zach Greinke, who's back with the Kansas City Royals. And frankly, it's what you would expect from the AL Central to AL Central teams on opening day. It was a pitcher's duel that came down to the team's last at-bat. And yeah, I mean, Bieber and Greinke both look like their team's aces out there. So... Beaver uh, goes four and two-thirds innings. Uh, it was always the plan that he wasn't going to go very deep into the game. Uh, unfortunately, uh, it looked like he had a, you know, was heading towards a win until until a ball hit out to Ahmed Rosario in left field. Ends up falling for a hit, what they call a hit. I have no idea how you score that a hit. It literally hit off Ahmed Rosario's glove. He gets, you know, mixed up with the ball up in the wind. Some strong win in Coughlin Stadium today. Rosario, you know, after the game, Terry Francona basically put it on him. He said, I shouldn't have put him out there in a position like that with crazy wind blowing across like that. But Ahmed Rosario still looking a little bit shaky in the outfield. And, you know, it's kind of reminiscent of when he was trying center field, going back on the ball. Breaking back on the ball is something he is really going to have to work on. Anyone can catch a fly ball. And catching a ball coming in is a lot easier than catching a ball going out. So it's something for Ahmed Rosario to continue to work on to see if you can increase his value, increase his flexibility in the lineup by playing the outfield. Otherwise, he's going to have to go back to shortstop. And you've got a lot of young guys that you want to be able to play shortstop. So that's what was going on in left field today. So for Bieber, that ends up turning into a run. Unfortunately, another fly ball hit by Nicky Lopez, who, if I remember correctly, tortured the Indians pretty bad last year. 
He hits one out of the left center field. Straw and Rosario look like they have a miscommunication. It looks like Straw pulled up. It looks like Straw could have gotten this ball. And he's really got to take command out there, especially with Rosario in the outfield. He's got to be the general out there. And he had a rookie to his other side, too. So he really needed to be a general out there. They let a ball fall between them. A run comes in to score. It's the only run Bieber gives up. Bieber on the day, his final line on the day, like I said, he goes four and two-thirds, ends up giving up three hits. Eh, question mark, that was a hit. The run, no walks, four strikeouts. It was the breaking stuff that was working for him on strikeouts. I believe he got two on the slider and two on the curveball. That slider is wicked. You know, for Bieber, he really had to change things up when the guys started not uh, hitting his curveball, but laying off his curveball. And adding that slider into the mix seems to really be effective now because they don't know if it's going to have that tight spin for the slider or if it's going to have that big drop of the curveball. And they got to be ready for both now. That's effective. It's going to be interesting to see how that ebbs and flows throughout the season, whether he goes more sliders or he goes more curveballs, depending on what he's got to feel for, what's working, what they're chasing. So that was Bieber's day. A good opening day start in a fortunate situation where he couldn't keep going and pitching deeper into the game. Shaw comes in, gets him out of the inning. That was always the plan for Shaw to be the bridge to McKenzie. This is where I question Terry Francona, because he said the game was designed to go like this, where Bieber would lead in there. Shaw would be a bridge, if necessary, to get out of an inning, because he's a veteran and can handle that, and then they'd go to McKenzie. I understood that when I thought these guys were going to be limited at like 50 60 pitches or something like that. You know, when you thought these guys were going to go maybe four innings, but he gets four and two-thirds in, Shaw finishes it out. I mean, for three more innings, why not turn to the actual bullpen? You've got a fully rested, ready-to-go bullpen. You've got a one-run game on opening day. Where was Goshen, Sandlin, and Cosse? Why was McKenzie, why was Tristan McKenzie out there in the eighth inning of a one-run game the beauty of being a starting pitcher and the mentality of being a starting pitcher is that you can give up a run, and it's okay. You're playing a long game. As a reliever, it's a completely different mentality. If the goal was just to get McKenzie through the lineup one time and bridge to the bullpen, that should be the goal of the piggybacker, right? The starter goes four innings. Maybe that piggybacker goes two innings maybe three if they've got, you know, if things are going perfectly. And then you have the back end of your bullpen to finish the game, not Tristan McKenzie to be out there in a 1-1 game in the eighth inning. Like, what are you saving those rest of those arms for? I mean, you got an off day tomorrow. It's the beginning of the season. Everybody's fresh. You're not putting too much tax on your bullpen. So I thought that was a mismanagement by Terry Francona to have McKenzie out there in the eighth inning. And he ends up giving up the big hit. To Bobby Witt Jr., who uh, made his debut, got his first hit, drove in his first run, scored his first run, all to win the game. That's pretty crazy. I mean, it basically became the Bobby Witt Jr. show. I mean, anyone covering this game that's not a Guardians person is going to be talking about that. Uh, so, yeah, Witt Jr. comes through. And, in fact, the rookies all had a good day because on the Guardian side of things, Quan had a fantastic day himself. Uh, him and Straw were both on base three times, and Quan was the real highlight of the game. I mean, he has a hit in that eighth inning. He had two walks on base three times. 
even when he was on base, it looked like he was playing with the pitchers over at first base. I loved it. He was, looked like he was being really aggressive on the base path. And you know what? He played so well that he literally got Bradley Zimmer traded. That's how good he played today on opening day. They said, yep, this rookie is the real deal. And Bradley's, and now I'm sure they've been working on this Zimmer trade for a little bit, right? The Zimmer trade doesn't just, you know, appear out of thin air. They clearly were working on it for a little bit, but it probably made them comfortable to pull the trigger after Quan shows that the stage is not too big for him. It's one game. One game out of a very long career, hopefully, but he proved that the stage was not too big for him on opening day. So he had a good day offensively. Straw was on base a bunch of times. He does score the only Guardians run, and the big RBI came from who else? Jose Ramirez. Now, Ahmed Rosario does right before him put a very good swing on the ball and lines one that Nicky Lopez absolutely snags. But Jose Ramirez comes up, goes the opposite field after working a count like he always does. Uh, working a count, going opposite field, nah, not always, you know. He is very pull happy. That's where his power is. But when he needs to get an RBI in, he's such a professional hitter. And I don't know, it probably was such a relief to him. Like, he looked so pumped up when he got to second base. Maybe it was because it was opening day. Or maybe it was because the fact that he just signed a five-year, $124 million contract. And a hit like that, I mean, don't you have to feel a little bit like, like, yes, I have the money, but I could still play the game? Like, how many of these guys get the contract and then kind of start to stink, right? Not Jose Ramirez, man. This guy is going to continue to deliver year after year. He's only gotten better. He's only gotten better. And when talking about the Jose Ramirez contract, I know a few people wanted to know my thoughts. And, you know, I didn't do an emergency podcast right after because I knew I'd be talking to you today. I didn't know I'd be talking to you like this, but I knew I'd be talking to you today. And the thing about the Jose Ramirez signing, more than the stats, is how much of a leader this guy is. And I think Shane Bieber even said it. You heard the reaction from some of his teammates. Like, they all believe in this guy. The way he leads, his attitude. Talk about leading by example. Win, lose, hit, strike out. It's that same strut of confidence. Knowing that he belongs one of the elite players in the game and it's an crazy it's a crazy journey it's an absolute crazy journey how he went from you know undersized utility man 200 hitter to literally being one of the top players in the game and now he has a contract the other crazy thing is his commitment to cleveland you know whether it's the development system here whether it's the or just the organization in general whether it's the fans he wanted to play his whole career here. He didn't want to go to a giant market, right? He didn't want to have to deal with the Dodgers or the Yankees or anything like that. He likes playing in Cleveland, and the fans love him for that. So a great story all around, and I think that's more important than any stat I could tell you about his career up until this point because we are going to continue to talk his stats. We're going to continue to talk as he climbs up the franchise record boards and could be one of the greatest Guardians players of all time. I mean, up there with Bob Feller, right? Up there with uh, Rocky Calavito and, you know, Albert Bell, Jim Tomey, Kenny Lofton, those guys from the 90s. He could be up there as one of the best ever to wear the uniform. 
So, he gets the big RBI hit. Unfortunately, the problem for the Guardians on this day, and man, this was a refrain from last season, wasted opportunities. One for eight with runners in scoring position. Chang has two bad strikeouts. He left a bunch of guys on base. Hedges left a bunch of guys on base. I mean, Rosario hit the ball hard, but he left a bunch of guys on base. So, wasted opportunities and good defense from Kansas City. You can't take anything away from Kansas City's defense. Witt Jr. was as advertised on the left side of the infield. Granky as the pitcher, gold glove pitcher, made some fantastic plays. So, Miki Lopez's diving stop. You can't take anything away from Kansas City's defense on this. So, that's how it goes down for the Guardians on opening day. Sorry, I told you it has to be a short one. Unfortunately, I would love to dive into the details with you, but crazy week for me. Hope you understand. By Sunday morning when I record the next episode, I should be back home. Everyone should be back home. Who knows? I might have a sleeping baby in my lap as I record the episode. So, We'll see what happens there and how recording this podcast goes with everybody's sleep schedule. So thanks for joining me. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I guess finally Bradley Zimmer has traded. It's kind of crazy because all offseason, we knew something had to give. The roster just didn't make sense. Something had to give. So we end up trading him to the Toronto Blue Jays. They take a chance on him. Um you know, it's kind of crazy that uh, we end up getting a relief pitcher back. Uh, a relief pitcher who, frankly, Castro is a pretty good uh, relief possibility. He was in the Tiger system for a long time. And uh, when they tried to make him a starter, it didn't seem like it was working. He ends up getting claimed off waivers by Toronto. And they make him a reliever, and it seemed to click. It seemed to work uh, for him. So Anthony Castro is coming to Cleveland. It sounds like he's going to end up on the Major League roster, but he has an option. So if he's one of the guys that goes down when the roster shrinks or when Josh Naylor is healthy, um, that's a possibility because he has some flexibility on the roster now with an option. Uh, But yeah, he mostly throws fastball slider. He's thrown a couple of changeups, but this is fastball slider, and the slider is good when it's down. Switching to a reliever, his strikeouts per nine innings went way up. And that slider is nasty when it's down. Big strikeout pitch, big put-away pitch for him. When you look at his stat cast numbers, I think it was in the 40% range put-away pitch. So, uh, that's what you're getting in return for Bradley Zimmer. And, frankly, it had to happen, right? Zimmer had plenty of opportunities here. And the guy just couldn't hit Major League pitching. He didn't have vision at the plates. And he didn't have the patience to protect the plate like Stephen Kwan is showing, right? Like Jose Ramirez shows every day, working an 0-2 count back to a full count, working the walks when he has to, getting the hits when he has to. That's not something Bradley Zimmer was ever able to do at the major league level. Sounds like from the Toronto, uh, you know, tweets coming out from Toronto that they were interested in his defense. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how Bradley Zimmer does on a new team. All right. That's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Thanks for joining me on a strange, weird opening day for me. Like I said, we'll get back to our normal podcasting schedule soon. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning.